Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews. How are you all? I am well, still fighting the cold, unfortunately, so sorry again for how this sounds. I hope it's okay. Um, I'm very excited because tomorrow I'm going off to Cheltenham Literature Festival. Uh, to hear lots of authors speak and meet lots of interesting people, so that should be good. Um, I do actually have an interesting story about my first literature experience, literature festival. Um, I hadn't been to any before, obviously, it being my first. Gosh, I'm really on fire today, aren't I? Um, And it was set in this amazing castle in Wales and drove up to it and looked incredible. And there were about four different authors speaking It was quite a civilised and sophisticated luncheon. Um, And the authors would speak and we'd have this lovely luncheon and all would be great. And I'd I'd never met an author before. I didn't know what to think. And there was one author of these four who I read all her books. I was such a big fan. I'm not going to name this author because, well, you'll find out as we go along. So anyway... This number one author, I thought, I can't wait. I wonder what she looks like. I wonder what she's like. It's going to be so interesting to hear her read from her books and answer questions. Brilliant. And she was probably the reason why I booked it. So, um, yes, get to this beautiful hotel. And as, as I like to do, always use the facilities before it's time for lunch. And that was fine. Um, I queued up, went in, and then... Uh, couldn't get out. The door seemed to have locked itself. And so I tried, you know, trying to dislodge the lock and all of these sorts of things. And you just think, no, I really am completely stuck in this. So then I looked down to see, can I shimmy underneath? And let's just say there was not enough space for certainly me to be able to do to do that. Uh, limbo time. Looked up, could I climb up? No, unless I had mountaineering equipment, there was no way I was going to be able to climb over the door. So I thought, what else can I do? I'm going to have to ask for help. So asked for help. And this very kind person, it was a lady, obviously, lady opened the door from the outside. I don't know how she managed to do that, actually. That's interesting. Do you know, I've never, that's never occurred to me. Anyway, 
she opened the door and said, oh, thank you very much. Oh, silly me. Um, go off, go in, sit down for the lovely lunch. Oh, did wash my hands, just on a point of cleanliness. Uh, yes, went in, sat down for lunch. And first author gets up, second, third, great. Then the headline, the, the author I'd gone to meet. And yes, you guessed it. The lady who rescued me from a locked toilet was the author. And I was just mortified. Just thought, well, typical me. So that's my first experience of a of a literature festival. I'm hoping tomorrow isn't quite like that. Um, but anyway, I'll talk a bit more about that later on. So we've got some interesting reads for you to to hear about. Um, be interested to see what uh, you think of them. So there's three books that I want to talk to you about that I've recently finished. There's a surprise read as well. I've got a listener's question. I have to still make sure I say the right thing. So I always say reader's question. No, listeners. I've got a listener's question. Uh, and there's some books coming out in the new year, what to look forward to there, um, and what I've got planned for the next episode, because that's going to be quite good, hopefully. Well, I think so. We'll see. Um, so we better get started. Now, the first book is by Peter James. If you haven't read any books by Peter James, what what are you doing? He has written lots. Um, he's particularly a sort of crime writer, but he has written a few standalones as well. And this one is just published. It's called The Secret of Cold Hill. So it's in hardback at the moment. Uh, and it is actually a follow-on to his original book, The House on Cold Hill. I was lucky enough to read The House on Cold Hill, the book, but also see it in the play version, which I really enjoyed. And that's set in a place called Cold Hill, and it's about a very old house on that hill and the people moving in. I don't want to say too much about it, but it doesn't end well for a lot of people throughout the book, even at the beginning of the book. And it is about a haunted house and what happens to people that want to live there. And so this is the follow on. You don't have to have read the first book at all, I would say. Um, there's, there's nothing that you're going to think, oh, I wish I I wish I'd known that. I think I do think it helps to read the first one, but don't feel obliged if time's short and you just want to read this one. That's fine. It stands up on its own. Absolutely fine. So. We're currently in October and I've seen lots of other people talking about the books they're reading at the moment and how there's two themes. We've got Victober going on um, where people are reading Victorian literature and the other one is prepping for Halloween. Now, I'm not a fan of Halloween. You know, I get scared watching Bambi, so, you know, I'm no good with things like that. And so this book, I was nervous about reading. So I thought, oh, am I going to be too scared? Is it going to keep me awake at night? Um, but actually, I would say that if you're a bit like me, if you you want to experience um, something that's a bit scary. Sorry, I'm just adjusting my headphone. There we go. That's better. Um Yes, if you want to read something that's a bit scary, but not that isn't going to trouble you, then I think this is a great one because it's got the pace, it's got the characters, but it's not super, super scary. And trust me, if it passes the test for me, I think everyone will be all right. So the premise is Cold Hill House has been raised to the ground by fire, replaced with the development of ultra-modern homes. Gone with the flames are the violent memories of the house's history and a new era has begun. 
Although much of Cold Hill Park is still a construction site, the first two families move into their new houses. For Jason and Emily Danes, this is their forever home. And for Morris and Claudette Penzi-Weedle, it's the perfect place to live out retirement. Despite the ever-present rumble of cement mixers and diggers, Cold Hill Park appears to be the ideal place to live. But looks are deceptive, and it's only a matter of days before both couples start to feel they are not alone in their new homes. There is one thing that never appears in the estate agent brochures. Nobody has ever survived beyond 40 in Cold Hill House, and no one has ever truly left. So... It's absolutely, as that intro says, you get to see two main sets of characters, Jason, Emily, Morris and Claudette, very different. They're moving in, so they're having to sort of come to terms with being neighbours and their differences and settle into these homes that seem to be wonderful, amazing. But are they? And what's going to happen? Um, I get the feeling there's going to be another book. Now that I've not heard anything, it's just when I finished it, I thought, oh, I can imagine there'll be an, a third one in, in that series. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think it's really well-timed coming out at, at this point of the year. People will be looking for something that's a bit scary. But as I say, it's not. I mean, I can't, I can't even look at the cover of a Stephen King book. So this, if, if I was OK with this, honestly, I think, think you'd be fine. Clearly not one for the young children still. Um, but I thought, it was, I thought it was a really enjoyable read. I kept reading because I wanted to know how it was going to end, what was going to happen. So it's got the pace that you like. It, it's lightweight fun, um, but I don't mean that in a bad way. It's enjoyable. It's got good characters. You can. He's very visual at describing everything as Peter James. Very good. Um, and I always enjoy his books. He's just a consistent author. So that was Peter James, The Secret of Cold Hill. And it says on the front, you cannot bury evil. Mm, there we go. Now, the next one is a book by Tony Parsons. Now, a lot of you will have read Tony Parsons books, I'm sure. Man and a Boy, um, all sorts of ones. But this latest one is quite different to the first few that he published that were more about people and relationships. And this is part of a series, a detective thriller, crime thriller. Um, it uh, concerns a character called DC Max Wolf. DC Max Wolf is a single father. Um, he has his daughter Scout to raise. He's got this beautiful dog, a King Charles Cavalier called Stan. I have a King Charles Cavalier as well. And I know that Tony Parsons has a King Charles Cavalier in real life. So whenever you listen or read these books, you just think, don't harm the dog, don't harm the girl, please. Um, but they're based in London. They follow this detective and in each book he has to deal with quite a gritty, meaty subject that's usually of its time. And this is the fifth one called Girl on Fire. I have the book and I've listened to it on audiobook as well. Um, it's brilliant. I really enjoyed this. The, the premise is that there's a major explosion, lives are lost, there's a city in mourning. Uh, a girl holds the key to bringing the killers to justice, but will she betray her family and put herself in mortal danger to do so? When the time comes, she must make a terrifying choice. Uh, reveal the truth or save herself. But the book is so much more than that. Yes, it's about this 
this awful crime that's happened and how the community deal with it. But it's very much as well about Max Wolfe, about his life, about the challenges he faces and how he deals with them. He has um, a, a different way, I would say. You would expect some of the things that are thrown at him in the book. You think, oh, he's going to react in this way, and he doesn't. And I find that very interesting because it gives you a different perspective. And then, of course, you have the luxury of seeing how that pans out, whether the way he acted was the the better way. Uh, and often it is. So he's a he's a good character. And these are great books. Why they haven't been made as a TV series... I do not know. There is a sixth one out as well. I believe it's the last one of this series, um, but it's well worthwhile reading. I would say start start with the beginning. I believe the first one's called The Murder Bag. You've got The Slaughter Man, The Hanging Club, Die Last. They're not Disney names, are they? But they're great book. Really, really commend that. So if you like detective crimes and you're happy with the grittier side, uh, it's not Miss Marple then I think this is really worth reading or listening to, whichever you want. Now, the next book I did listen to, I didn't have it on book, on, uh, in printed form, and it's called The Secret Runners of New York by Matthew Riley. It's a YA. Why did I choose this book? I'm afraid it was simply because Audible were offering two-for-one deals. And when they first emailed me, they say, oh, we've got two-for-one deals, so you get two books for the price of one. Uh, this, these are all of them to choose from. I looked and I thought, oh, no, there's nothing that I fancy. I've got enough. It's fine. But I did have some credits on Audible to use. So then they emailed me to say, this deal runs out in 24 hours. And I suddenly changed my mind and thought, yes, right. I must order lots of them, use up those credits and get double the amount of books. So um, I had selected some others and I because obviously you have to get two books to get the deal. I thought, I don't know what else is going to be my second choice. So I went for this one. I don't know why. The the picture of the cover looked interesting. I thought the name looked interesting. YA. I'd never listened to a YA book on audio book before. So I just thought, why not give it a go? And I'm so glad I did. I really enjoyed it. It's set in um, New York, obviously, well, clever me as the name suggests. It's YA, so it follows a group of uh, children at senior school and it's at a time of considerable change for the planet as well as for these children. And there are some sinister elements to it. There's there's some it's sort of slightly dystopian, mind-bending element to it. It's different. It's good. I enjoyed it. I thought the narrator was good. Very um, of the voice that you would expect the main character to have. And I just really enjoyed listening to it. As I've said before, I have discovered that listening to audiobooks on a faster pace works much better for me. When I used to listen to it just on normal pace, I would just lose energy, commitment... Um, so I have it, usually now I have it on about 1.5 times, sometimes 1.25 times if it's a really fast narrator. But I do find that I don't miss anything in terms of the plot or what's going on. What I do miss out on are the gaps, the big gaps in them narrating it. It's really slow. So if you struggle sometimes with keeping committed to an audiobook, it might be worth just seeing about the speed. I only tried it because someone suggested it to me, and I'm so glad I did. I'm listening now to a lot more a lot more books that way. So that's The Street Runners of New York by Matthew Riley. 
it turns out Matthew Riley's got lots and lots of other books published, so I'm going to have to look into those as well, I think. Now, a surprise read. This was very much a surprise for me. Let me tell you the title and then I'll tell you why. So it's called A Beer in the Loire by Tommy Barnes. And it's about a family's attempt to start a microbrewery in France. Interesting because obviously France being the wine producing region um, and uh, just why they would do that, why they would go to France, why they would set up this brewery and how they go about it. So let me tell you two things. Number one, I do not like beer. Number two, I'm not a huge fan of France. I'm sorry, it's nothing personal. Uh, When I've been to France, I've had my purse stolen. And so I haven't been back for a while. And that's a shame I should go back because there are lots of beautiful places. And if you're from France, I do humbly apologise. But I'm just being honest. Not a fan of beer or France. So why did I buy a book that is entirely about beer and France? Because it just sounded really interesting. It's non-fiction. It's a, a, a diary. It's not set out like a diary. You know, Monday I did this, Tuesday I did that. But it is him writing about what happened. And this Tommy Barnes, he'd been frustrated by his job. He was bored with commuting. He was trying to be a stand-up comedian. It didn't work. So he went off to France with his girlfriend, Rose, and they settled in this huge dilapidated house in a little village. You can just imagine it, can't you? And there's so many calamities with the neighbours, with the house. They've got a puppy. There's an unexpected pregnancy. Money starts running out. But then Tommy thinks, oh, I know. I know what will solve all our problems. Beer. Uh, And while we might think that, he actually thought not to drink it, but to make it. And it's just about how he launched this into a community that is entirely focused on wine. Uh, I thought it's really enjoyable. I think if you know someone who is into beer or breweries or, or France, they would like it even more. But I thought it was a brilliant book. And it did make me realise that I'm being very blinkered about France and that I I should go back. But yeah, that's really, it's a different one. Could be a good Christmas present for somebody as well, I would say. So that's A Beer in the Loire by Tommy Barnes. So now we have a listener's question. And the listener's question, thank you so much, Wendy. Wendy's made a very good point. She's asked, um, she's worried that she's missed an episode. Should she start again with these podcasts? Wendy, don't worry. There's going to be so many of these podcasts, you can't possibly keep track with all of them. I can't keep track of all of them. So just don't worry. Just pick a mix. Take them as you find them. Don't think you have to listen to all of them. I'll repeat myself. Have no fear. Um, So yes, thanks Wendy for that question. But honestly, you don't have to listen to everyone. But I am going to make a bit of a beg now. If it's possible, whatever you're using to listen to this, whether you're listening to it on Spotify, Apple, Podbean, CastBox, all sorts of things, if you could subscribe it really helps. It helps get the get the podcast promoted more. We've had some amazing listening stats come in over the last few days. It's just incredible. And so I'm just asking if you could click that subscribe. If it's possible for you to give a review, if you could leave a five-star review, or if you if not, tell me what you don't like about the podcast and I'll see what I can do about it. But it's getting that feedback in terms of the different podcast software that's so important. So 
I hope you don't mind me asking, but I'd be ever, ever so grateful. Uh, so the next episode is going to be exciting because, as I say, tomorrow I'm going to the Cheltenham Literary Festival and I'm going to take you with me. Now, it may be that I'm not allowed to record everything. I'm still waiting for them to come, in back, to come back to me on that. And if not, it doesn't matter because I can just talk you through it. I can tell you what happened, the different authors that I saw, the different authors that I met. I'm even going to a concert at night. I don't know if you've heard of a pop group called the Fun Loving Criminals. Well, there is a group called, not a pop group, music group, Fun Loving Crime Writers. Uh, you've got Mark Billingham in there, Chris Brookmeyer, Luca Vesti, Val McDermott is the lead singer, all sorts of people in there. And I've heard so much about this. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I just hope my cold stays at bay enough for me to get there, enjoy the day and get home. So if you don't get a podcast from me, it's because I'm still there, still having too much fun. Uh, uh, but no, I'd really look forward to telling you about that. I haven't been to Cheltenham Festival for a couple of years, so it's about time. We'll see what happens. So anyway, that's me. I can't wait to catch up with you again soon. Hope you have a good few book-filled days and uh, I'll be in touch again now. Take care now. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. That's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon. 